How you spend your money is, in many ways, how you spend your life. So how can you generate not just a return on your investments, but a return on life? Welcome to the Own Your Wealth Podcast. Whether you're a working professional, a small business owner, or thinking about retirement, listen in as host Jason Deshays of Cook Wealth discusses tax strategy, financial planning, and more to equip you to live life empowered and truly own your wealth. Welcome and thank you for joining us today for Own Your Wealth with Jason Deshays. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, Jason. Hey, how are you, Wendy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a wonderful day. It's it a is. wonderful day. <laughs> it is. Any day you're alive is a wonderful day, right? Yeah, I'm not in a grave somewhere, so I suppose it's a good day for me. Right. And um, your friend Derek decided to join. Yeah, hey, I know. Again. He's like, he didn't get freaked out and leave the last time. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you guys again. I think we're going to have a good day, Derek, because I'm excited to talk about what we're about to talk about today. Uh, it's the last time we were talking about kind of our philosophy approach. But the one thing that, that really struck me from our last conversation was what people, you know, I'm not sure if I should get someone to help me. Am I, do I need a wealth manager? And so I want to just dig into that with you today and kind of talk about what happens when people want to go alone, what yeah. happens when they listen to whether it's Instagram or TikTok and these social media influencers who apparently are also telling you to do things, they'll score you thousand fold returns. And then what happens with a robo advisor? Then what do we do here at Cook Wealth? And really when's that time when you need the advisor? So let's talk about the first one, which is the easiest is you're doing it yourself and you're just going to go and open up a, an account somewhere and just start sticking money in and buying stuff. What let's talk about what, pitfalls are to that approach, but also maybe some of the pros, like maybe start with that, start with the positive. What's good sure. about doing that? Yeah. So one, one of the things I always say is that generally people will pay for their education in the stock market. <laughs> and a lot of times that can happen when you sort of go out and start buying stocks or trading options or whatever other investments are out there. Uh, there are certainly a number of people that are perfectly fine uh, investing their own funds and doing it themselves. Uh, it's just that sorting through and kind of digging through all the information and knowledge that you need to be able to do it. It's really time consuming. And a lot of people just, it's not something that interests them. And what we found is that eventually, if it's something that doesn't interest you, it's not something that you're going to want to spend your nights and weekends and researching and reading mm -hmm. about. So anyway, the, uh, as far as positives, I would say knowledge and just firsthand experience, nothing beats the knowledge that you gain by doing and understanding and starting to you know dig into these types of things but on the negative side i mean a lot of things can a lot of things can happen that uh, make it not so great so you know you you could buy something that that's goes way up in price whether it's a stock or anything else we saw this happen a lot during covid 2020 2021 we saw people you know they had plenty of free cash around and they'd go out and buy you know, a stock or an option to shoot up in price. The only problem is, you know, 2022 things kind of uh, evened out a bit, and a lot of people were. You could say that saying, you know, what do I do now? So, well, I, and I, let's I also add the easy pro is it's cheap, right? And yeah. that's that for some people is a cost-effective way of being in the market. Is just I'll do it myself, yep. and I'll stick it in some index, or I'll stick into this and. We have had their accounts, we call them like the play money accounts that people have, mm -hmm. which are the, I want to go and spend $5,000. It's not enough to kill the financial plan, but it's enough to feel like they could go <laughs> and buy 
five shares of this and six shares of that and watch it go yeah. up and down kind of thing. And I think that can work for in a small pool of the total. I think that can work for people. It's It can be something that they can learn, experience, have some research, get some maybe some gains. Uh, I've seen more cases than not, though, of they lose a lot more than they gain. I really haven't met the person who goes, yeah, here's my self-made portfolio over here and it's worth millions. It's usually <laughs> worth... 50 bucks more than it started or a couple hundred bucks more. And then there's more cases of the people who would go, Oh yeah, here's my, uh, used to be $10,000 pool of money. That's worth three. Mm -hmm. Cause I picked some things that didn't work so good for me. Sounds like when my husband wants to fix the lights himself. And I say, maybe we should get the electrician Mm -hmm. to do it. And he's like, no, 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 I want to try it myself. And then we go through all of this, you know, parts and stuff that we buy at the, you know, local box store. And then (laughs) it doesn't work and we have to hire somebody anyway. Yeah. And there's all that time going back and forth to the hardware store, which I always did, which is I got three. I needed six. I got seven. (laughs) Turns out I returned the two I didn't need. Yes, exactly. So, okay. So there's some pros, some opportunities there for people. Maybe learn. It's a good starter step. Uh, Let's talk about the thing I don't like which is the social media influencer advisor guru dude <laughs> uh what's going on with that yeah i mean i think a lot of it just has to do with the rise of social media in general you know what depending on what app it is um more and more time is being spent on these and you know uh, people are willing to listen to anybody that tells them they can you know essentially put a little bit of money in and get a lot of money out and uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of times the, the the real way that a lot of a lot of these social media, you know, influencer and uh, advisors make money is by trying to sell you something or something like that. So if they could, mm-hmm. if they were, uh, you know, good enough to go out and do it themselves, they would just do it themselves. They wouldn't they wouldn't need to sell you a course on it. But, um, you know, it's just it's just how it works. So I, I think that there's been a lot of receptiveness to. Uh, these different strategies. A lot of people, especially younger people, they may not want to just kind of invest in a kind of boring, diversified way as they see it. Uh, but in reality, they're taking a lot of risks that yeah. maybe they don't know they're taking. Well, I, I would say I see that a lot right now in the real estate um, market is that people, they have not experienced a real estate crunch that has had not it's been a while since we had one of those. And so real estate just goes up and just makes you money. And uh, I've seen so much misinformation in this where it's like, oh, somehow you never pay taxes. It only goes up in value. <laughs> and somehow you're cash flowing crazy amounts of money, which yeah, I have yet to see on a tax return uh, or, or, or <laughs> anyone's personal financial statement. Like, Where's all this crazy money that you're supposed to make on this strategy? It's not there. Yes, it's all <laughs> hidden somewhere in a mattress, probably in one of those properties. Um, I, I I think there's just there, the I think your point about, you know, put a little money in, get a lot out. It's just not realistic. It's yeah. a quick method. And and that's is what it is. I think we just also saw that in these various startup cultures where the, you know, they get part of their equity compensation is these shares. And then the shares go up to crazy amounts of money. And we saw it with WeWork and we saw it with a lot of those other places. And then they implode. And suddenly you go from being a millionaire on paper to being less than you were when you started the job. Yeah. And I think that's the part where people don't they don't seem to have an appreciation for the slow burn where you gradually move into this, not in these lump sums. 
very quickly, like six months, suddenly you're a billionaire yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, there's something I think to a lot of people, there's just something attractive or something sexy about, hey, I'm going to do this sort of start this business that's going to skyrocket, or I'm going to buy this real estate and become like a real estate kingpin. And in reality, a lot of the clients that that we've seen, a lot of people's success stories that we've seen have been people who you know invested in themselves and over time were able to have really good habits that included saving well, investing the right way, uh, doing the right sort of tax planning. And over time, that led to just a, a large amount of wealth that that they're glad they have now. But mm-hmm. you know, very rarely do we come across people that say, hey, it's I got lucky with this you know crazy real estate scheme and now I'm a millionaire. <laughs> no, no, usually at cocktail parties, say, hey, I got this scheme that I've profited <laughs> greatly from. Usually that's when the, the Ponzi scheme starts coming out and that's exactly you get right. to talk with the authorities. But all right, let's talk switch to robo advisors. And you sure. know, it's not like Robocop, you know, the man in the machine <laughs> kind of thing. But what exactly is it? Because it sounds like it's Siri or Alexa is now your BFF and they're going to just tell you the next thing to yeah. go do. For sure. Yeah. I mean, the the sort of rise of robo advisors happened a while ago and everybody thought, hey, they're gonna kind of replace uh, financial advisors or they are gonna re- replace all this other stuff that that's done out there. In reality, that just hasn't happened and I don't think will happen. I think there's a lot of really good robo-advisors out there. And what they do is they just take your money, you put money in there, they invest it in a certain way and you don't really have to interact with anybody. It's just kind of a computer program that decides how you're going to invest and makes little tweaks to your portfolio. But I think people really appreciate having somebody they can call when something happens or having a personal relationship. So uh, anyway, I think that you know, robo robo advisors have their pros and cons, but I'd be interested to hear your take on it, Jason. You know, I, I think it is if we were robots, robo advisors would be great, but we're not. <laughs> we are people with emotions and weird emotional ties to money. And yeah. doesn't mean you do the logical thing or what the calculated result should be, because if that was the case, we would have a very different economy. Uh, <laughs> so I don't I see it having a if someone needs someone to just go execute. It could be a great way of doing that. Yeah. I don't think it provides that full sense of yourself with a person and their situation. I mean, they're not going to tell you what to do with your estate plan. They're not going to tell you whether if you leave this job, you should leave the 401k there. What you do when you get a big bonus, it's just going to get the money invested. And that's exactly right. And that's fine. That's fine. That's a thing. It's just not the best thing, I think. Yeah. I I, I think. I think that gets to the core of it, right? Like robo-advising is essentially commoditizing the, you know, one of the simpler parts of this job or of the financial industry. It's just taking a basic, creating a basic portfolio for you and kind of rebalancing it to that target portfolio over time. It doesn't really care about the inputs of what's going on with you and, oh, I'm really concerned about what's happening in the market and, oh, I'm really worried about my job and what if I get laid off? How's that going to impact me? It doesn't really do any of that. It just keeps rolling right right along. Yeah. So basically, it's just uh, the machine. It, it gives no advice. It has no input on any factors other than the numbers that you're putting into it. Exactly right. Yeah, that's spot on. It's it's just a, a piece of technology that buys and sells in your account. And over time, you just that's pretty much it. I feel like it's robo advisor is a bad phrase. We should call it robo trader or something like that, because that's really what it's doing. It's not. <laughs> advising you anything it's just like executing constantly in the background 
somebody like Cook Wealth and a lot of advisors, but Cook Wealth specifically, you know, we utilize some technology for trading and rebalancing clients' accounts that really built on a lot of the same ideas and the same infrastructure that robo advisors utilize as far as doing, you know, letting the computer do what computers are good at doing, calculating things, figuring out, hey, you need to sell this and buy this. Here's the, here's the target portfolio that you need. And then we pair that with humans doing what humans do really well, which is, hey, you know, what's going on in your life right now? Does it really make sense for me to sell and sell something and take a capital gain when we know that you're going to get a really big bonus this year. Maybe we wait till early January instead of doing it this year. So we're able to kind of pair the pros of the good old fashioned advisor, like, uh, like <laughs> as opposed to, and not just have the, uh, just the technology side of it. We're able to kind of meld those two together and create a really cohesive plan. Which is, it was kind of the last option we we're going to talk about is that fee-based, fee-only financial advisors, most people may hear that mm-hmm. charges a fee in exchange for advice, you know, goods and or services exchange for consideration, like all good c- capitalism. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there's ones that will do a fixed fee plan. So here's what we do. We pay, we charge X dollars and that's what we do planning. So there are planners, mm-hmm. that's all they do is they the financial plan, but they don't do asset management. There mm-hmm. are asset managers who don't do planning. So they will mm-hmm. invest your money, but they don't, they don't necessarily care about the plan or the taxes. They're just executing an investment strategy. And then the Cook Wealth is the hybrid where there's the tax piece, which is also usually the CPA in the mix is like, I'm here to do the tax return, uh, maybe do some planning for you, but I don't even know what's in your investment account. I don't know how much you're worth. And I sure don't know what your investments do. So just give me the form the tax people get, and then I'll take care of it from there. <laughs> and we're like that hybrid of everything where we've yeah. got that asset management piece tied in with the tax component and then the the overall plan. But that does come with a cost, right? There's a, there's a fee for that. It's not just everyone coming to the yeah. party and and just hang. So kind oh. of explain a little. Well, let's pay for the party, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, someone's got to pay for the drinks and the the snacks. You're uh, right. So walk through like Derek, your perspective on is, is assets under management fee AUM maybe termed yeah. or a financial planning fee. What walk through what that delivers and really kind of what are you paying for. There's a tangible part, I'm, I know, but there's also some intangibles that I think we can both talk about a little bit. Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head there in that there's a lot of intangibles and they're difficult to measure. It's difficult to say, hey, if you pay X amount of percentage or, or dollars per year, here's your benefit. Because a lot of times the biggest benefit that we can provide to clients is helping them avoid things that they didn't even know about. And so, you know, it's that those years of expertise and of really spending time diving into their situation that can help us figure out, hey, you know, looks like this may come up in the future, right? This estate planning issue or this tax planning issue, or hey, maybe, you know, you're not withholding enough on your bonus and et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's our ability to really take a step back and look at the whole plan uh, that can, you know, that really helps us, um, I think, stand out. But, you know, you're, what you're really getting when you have a, a true holistic financial advisor, wealth advisor is, you know, you're getting the, the knowledge of somebody that's been around for a while. So of course, helping you build a plan, whether it's a tax plan or investment plan or whatever else uh, that you might have. But then you're also getting a personal relationship with somebody that understands you and knows who your kids are and knows when they're going to college and 
knows when you're going to need to replace your car or somebody that you call whenever something happens, whether it's a layoff or a death in the family or anything like that. Uh, that's really a lot of the benefit that people are getting is the confidence and the the surety and knowing, hey, I've got somebody that's got my back that really helps me through these decisions. And I think that's really valuable for a lot of people. The other thing that that we do in particular is we don't have any of us, the advisors uh, on the Cook Wealth team, is we don't have these ginormous client bases, right? Where we are churning through massive amounts of you know accounts and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're just numbers to me kind of thing. Sure, we get yeah. to know the people. And and then one of the things uh, my kids go to school, one of the, the messages that we always hear is your kids are known and loved. And our mm-hmm. clients are known and loved. And we are at conferences. I remember a couple of years ago, we, there was a lot of talk about changing tax law that would have massive estate planning and gift planning and just living changes. And I remember sitting there with you, Derek, and we're like going through the list, like, oh, this would be the so-and-so. And we started kind mm-hmm. of knowing the people that this would have direct impact for. And so we got to start yeah. brainstorming. So we know enough about the various lives that we're shepherding through the financial journey is we got to have a, a, a kind of tight client base, base that we can know folks with so we can really have those relationships. That's where that trust is built. That's where we get to know those ins and outs of their lives. And I, I think that's the part that, yeah, there's a fee for those kind of things, but but the peace of mind or even little things like I remember um, one of our clients came in and they, they had their tax stuff and we were going through as kind of talking about their overall plan. And I noticed they were never, I said, well, do you guys use a flex spending account? They're like, no, I've never heard of that. And <laughs> I was like, well, you should, because uh, yeah. you've got three kids and you tend to, you know, can you go through, I think the limit was $2,500 a year in those costs. He goes, oh, I can burn through that in two months. <laughs> yeah. And we said, okay, well, so every year by not doing this and spending those money out of your pocket, you mm-hmm. lost $1,000. Yeah. Would you rather have the 1000 he goes, well, yeah, I would. No, who would want that? <laughs> who wants money? Uh, and, but those are the kind of little things. That's hard to measure, right? It's not like, yeah. I mean, you probably could quantifiably measure, well, if $1,000 per year, net present value of all that is a bazillion yeah. bucks or whatever. <laughs> it's, but it's one of those things that those small interactions, too, over time, have yeah. meaningful impact. Because you start thinking about money a little differently. And you think about, well, how am I being coached on how I look at taxes? Do I always try and get it down to zero or am I cool with paying some taxes because I yeah. know there's a better strategy that is I'm not going to pay them later? Or do I have all of it in the IRA or do I spread it out between a Roth and an IRA and a taxable <laughs> account and all these kind of things? All oh, that I'm stuff I'm getting happens. all dizzy again. <laughs> oh, I know. All these things we could do. Um, but that's I just love that we can spend that time with folks. And that's... Uh, one of my favorite things every day is spending time with clients and getting to like learn about them and, and know how yeah. we can help them and provide that peace of mind and that calmness in, especially right now, a pretty vibrant time within the uh, financial <laughs> services world. A volatility show. That's what we can call yeah, it. Shake things up every yeah. once in a while, right? a little volatility. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And, um, and Derek, the other thing I would ask you is like, so now now there's a lot of talk about title protection right now in our industry about sure. what the financial advisor is. And that I do want to spend a little time getting your thoughts on what is a financial advisor, because that title gets used a ton by like everybody and they yeah. could be very different people. So 
what would you say is like the current kind of state of affairs and what's really the ideal state that someone should be striving for? That for from a from a, a person's perspective, not that not us as advisors, but like yeah. what should they be looking for when they're trying to make that choice? Yeah, that's that, that's a great question. I, th- I think the biggest thing to look for is somebody that um, obviously you've checked them on broker check or you know whatever else and made sure they don't have any you know any extreme things going on in their uh, permanent record. But I, you know I think looking for somebody that has the right credentials that match up with what you're trying to do. Uh, there are specific credentials out there for you know lots of different things. One is you know, the CFP, the Certified Financial Planner. That's kind of a good uh, broad um, certification for people who are uh, saying, "Hey, I'm a professional financial planner, financial advisor. This is what I do." There's you know if you want somebody that has uh, a little bit more investment expertise, there's the CFA, which is the designation that I'm pursuing right now. Uh, you've also got somebody like yourself who's a CPA who focuses on taxes. And so if you have somebody that, hey, maybe I'm a business owner or I have other things, very tax intensive questions, I should look for that. But you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of desire out there to have, I think, what's called alphabet soup of designations. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, don't fall for just somebody having 10 or 12 different designations. Generally, you want to find the ones that are the most uh, recognized in the industry and that align with what you're trying to do, whether you're a retiree or somebody who needs investment help or uh, tax help or anything like that. So, yeah, as, as someone who does have a little bit of alphabet soup behind my name, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I get because it's it's easy to get some of those things yeah. and just you accumulate them. And But at some point you have now diminished returns, I feel like, because how can you have 20 credentials of things you're specializing? You can't possibly specialize in 25 things simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, so I do think that looking for those that are a good fit. Now, when you hear financial advisor, does that mean though guaranteed that all of them have any of those credentials? Is that like, yeah. that's not a thing though? No, not right now. Yeah. So that's one of the big things that uh, the FPA, the Financial Planning Association is trying to push is title protection for the term financial advisor. So, you know, just like if you go, you know, CPA, it's a protected sort of designation. You can't just call yourself uh, a, a CPA. You have to actually earn the designation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Go exactly. figure. Yeah. So uh, a lot of the push is to, you know, move away from advisors in the past that have been very uh, sales focused or product oriented, um, whether that be investments or insurance or whatever else. The biggest thing when you're thinking about an advisor is you want to have somebody that has aligned incentives with you. And so I think, you know, when you have somebody that's selling you a high commission product, you know, is it likely that that product maybe isn't the best thing for you? And maybe it's a little bit better for them and their wallet? Yeah, maybe. Do the do the clients know that they're high commission products or is that something that's kind of hidden from? It depends. Uh, a lot of times it may be uh, buried in a stack of documents about that thick. Yeah, so here's, here's anytime, 50 pages. Read these, please. <laughs> anytime somebody slaps down a a uh, something that looks like the Lord of the Rings in front of you to sit there and sign. (laughs) That's when you want to be kind of uh, curious and maybe do a little bit of research and due diligence. But yeah, I think that's the, that's one of the key things is protecting the term financial advisor. Hopefully that'll happen, you know, while we're still uh, in our careers. But I think while we can't, it's, it's best for people like, you know, you and I, Jason, to get out there and explain what we do and how we do it and who we do it for. And, it helps people really understand what they should be looking for in an advisor. Wendy, to your point, I think there's also this, sometimes there's a lack of transparency, but it's disguised behind a sense of fear generally 
It's like, oh, if you don't do this, you could lose a lot. If you don't do this, your family won't be protected. And Mm -hmm. it's it's, so there's a fear mongering that takes place that kind of hides it. uh, So that it gets off the the idea of a war you commit. What are you going to be compensated on this thing to? Oh, I better do that for my family. I better Mm -hmm. do that because if I don't, then I could lose everything. It doesn't mean that that could be really true. Yeah. However, it tends to be the times I see where the fee, those high commission products tend to get pushed to everybody. And it's always the same things. If you don't do it, your family will be in the poorhouse. If you don't do this, uh, you'll be in the poorhouse in retirement because somehow this annuity didn't protect you for life kind of thing. And So those are things you don't typically say to your clients. No, no, that's okay. I think we want to look at what's the goal find out solutions go. And there's usually multiple, go figure, there's multiple solutions to any problem. <laughs> right. uh, it's not always the one thing I can sell you right here and right now and whip up a sales order here in two seconds. <laughs> so just one last question about that. Is there, um, it, can we just ask them then, what is the commission that you make on this product? I would, yeah, I would advise anybody to, if they're working with or thinking about working with an advisor, just in the meeting, you know, in some meeting, just, you know, sit down and ask them, how do you get paid? How do you get paid on this? And if they are able to explain it in 15 seconds or less, you're probably on the right track. Um, mm-hmm. If they say, oh, I get paid by this company and this, and I get, you know, and you don't pay anything, right? But oh, then this, and th- that's when you should- You're going to uh, pay start. something. Yeah, exactly. Right. Homie going to get paid <laughs> from somebody. Somebody going to go write some cat checks. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Exactly right. And yeah. that's and you'll hear terms like fee only, fee based, commission based. Mm-hmm. And so those kind of clue in some of those things. But that's where you, you can kind of get a little of the information. But it's yeah. always good to spend a little personal due diligence time to go and ask the question, be upfront with it. And guess what? You'll not offend, you shouldn't offend anybody because yeah. we've all been asked like, well, how do you make money? In fact, it's usually one of the first 10 questions yeah. at some point in their interview, especially now. I would say, 10, 15, 20 years ago, and yeah. definitely before that, it wasn't that there was the same availability of information that you could just go Google, Google you know, go to Lord Google and he would tell you <laughs> things and tell you everything and then things that conflict with each other. It was before, it was just, well, that's what it is. And you met the person that was in front of you and you didn't have as much data that you could chunk through on your own before you even got to the table. So I think we're seeing a lot more of those questions now about, how do you make money? Where, um, how do you work with me? How do you communicate with clients? What technology do you use? That kind of thing, which is because the data is out there saying, ask these questions. So people Google yeah. it beforehand and they actually go and ask this question, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the more educated someone is in, in making a decision like that, the better. Yeah, I, I'll highlight that point that you just made, Jason, which is anybody or one of the points you made anytime you sit down and there are a lot of availability there's a lot of availability of information out there just type in google to ask a financial advisor and then usually most of those are pretty good and if you walk in and an advisor or somebody you're working with gets an attitude because you're asking these questions that's probably telling you all you need to know right there so if they can't answer those questions simply confidently and easily then you probably need to move on well, and, and the other thing I want to kind of highlight is that fee tends to be really like, oh, well, it's expensive or it's not expensive. <laughs> the thing is, everything has a price, right? And you can go to one place and get the Equate brand version of something for 46 cents. <laughs> you can also go and spend four and a half dollars on a bottle of water 
at whatever. <laughs> Everything is a price depending on what you're getting, yeah. right? And so if you want a more bare bones experience, you will get a lower price point. And that's totally mm-hmm. cool. If you want a high touch experience, it will cost more. If you want some of the middle, you're going to have to find where that exists and, yeah. and get what you want. Uh, I, I think that the big thing uh, I want people to know is there's options. And mm-hmm. it, it would not offend me if someone came and said, oh, I really would just write something that's uh, someone can do my tax return for 200 bucks. Or I really don't want to pay 0.01% fee to hold my portfolio. Well, then that's not us. We cannot yeah. possibly be in business for those kind of fees. And so we'll help you find, maybe point you in the direction, but yeah. that's not, because it, it, it's just not a good business decision for us. But it's also, it sets really weird expectations because they want cheap, 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 and but and we can't deliver it. So then we're always kind of fighting against each other. And that's not a good fit for us. And then we are happy to say, tell that to people as they meet them is that it's okay. We, this is who we serve really well. And if yeah. you want to do this, if we'll be in it with you in the trenches with you, this is kind of how we work. This is the fee. This is the kind of engagement we'd like to see with people. If that's not your bag, that's cool. That's mm-hmm. us part ways as friends. And you find, we'll maybe point you at the right direction of someone who would fit that. But not everyone is perfect fit for every advisor, which is why it's also good for people to interview multiple advisors and make sure they get the right fit, the right communication style, and just the right outcomes that they're trying to reach. So would you like to grade Derek on his performance on these last couple of podcasts? <laughs> oh, he's been fantastic. He's definitely going to come back. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, Derek and I, he's one of my favorite people to work with just because we collaborate really well. Is it about everybody that comes in from the office? I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> Coming here, I'm going to like you, I think. That's why we hire you, hire people, is I like them. It's, it, Derek is one of those guys that you can... I mean, have a talk about him about the lawn and, and Derek's like <laughs> very exquisite ability to manage a lawn and have that kind of conversation and get into some real technical stuff. And he is he is probably one of the best people I've ever met to be able to take very difficult concepts and articulate them. And I've had to do my like stupid question of the week to him a lot. It's like, <laughs> explain to me options. Like, why do people do them? Why are people so hung up on them? And how are they making money? Because I can't see it. And he will explain, which I love. Like a fit to a fifth grader. Yeah. <laughs> so. Exactly. Well, but Derek, yeah, thank you for being here. Yes, yeah. Thank, thank you, you guys. Thanks both us. of you guys. Thank you, Jason, as always. And Jason, how can people get in touch with you? Two, two ways. Go to our website, cookwealth.com or call our office, 919-784-9100. And thank you for joining us today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Until next time. I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Own Your Wealth podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at cookwealth.com or give us a call at 919-784-9100. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Cook Wealth Management Group, LLC, is a registered investment advisor with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Cook Wealth Management Group, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.